What is Evolve Beyond? A podcast that touches on life's experiences and in turn guides you to your greatest wisdom, truth, and energetic potential. We are your hosts. I'm Michael Adams, human behavior specialist. And I'm Amy Elizabeth, energy evolution mentor. Together, we dive deep. So you can accelerate your highest evolution and align with who you were born to be. We are asking our listeners to come with an open mind and strongly encourage trying on a new way of thinking to transcend reoccurring patterns and themes once and for all. It is in acceptance and responsibility that we are able to do that for ourselves and our life's path. We invite you to dive deep with us and evolve beyond. Hi, Amy. Hope all's good. What are we talking about today? We are talking about evolving beyond your limits. And what that really means is um, actually creating boundaries because when we're limited, we're limited by the fact that we give too much of our time, our energy, our efforts away because more often than not, we like to say yes to people rather than saying yes to ourselves. I like the way that you've mixed boundaries and limits together because I think that's a really, really good connection, sometimes one that we don't make. And I know that as therapists, we use the word boundaries quite a lot so that people establish where they sit. However, limits is a great dynamic because your limits are really talking about your potential, where you can go. And, and effectively, that can feel like sometimes that it's actually boundary free or it's setting it in a higher place. And, and what I'm hearing you say, just to be clear for our listeners, is that it's about learning how to be unlimited in order, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that is. And recognizing that boundaries are an internal experience. There's something that we set mm -hmm. inside ourselves. They may manifest themselves outside, but they start from inside. Well, and the other piece of that too is a practice. It's not something that we get right away because more often than not, as we've spoken about in other podcasts, when we're children, many of these habits, patterns, whatever you want to call it, many of these guidelines have been created by our external environment and typically by our family. And so I know that I will be speaking about a relationship with my mother and how that relationship created a certain pattern about how I became a helper and said yes to everything rather than mm. I'm not saying no to you, I'm saying yes to me, which is my favorite mantra. But uh, it is really important to understand that we're unwriting the script that has been written for our whole entire existence up until now. Yeah, it's a big point. When I look at boundaries and limits together, I can have a look at the impact it's had on me. And maybe a good way to explain this is by sharing a story. I have a friend of mine who'd been a friend for many, many years. We were close. I would say that we probably talked to each other two or three times a week. I would describe him as one of my boys, one of the gang. And one day he sat me down and said to me, Mike, I need you to know I'm gay. And I remember at the time, at that very moment, immediately almost taking a step back from him and looking at him and in my head saying to myself, oh, what should I do? I wonder if he fancies me. I went into this 
kind of negative space because all of a sudden the boundary that I had within our relationship or where I thought it was all of a sudden changed for me. And I was now evaluating this person with a completely different set of criteria that I'd never uploaded before, but it became a judgment point. And I was obviously not knowing it at the time, setting a boundary about our relationship. And it wasn't until quite a few days later when I started to live with it, started to talk to my friend and understand that actually nothing had really changed. He had just shared another piece of information with me. And what is interesting, because you at the start of this podcast introduced the word limits, what had happened through that experience is my limits just grew because now I was accepting of a whole community that I denied before mm -hmm. and my boundaries shifted accordingly. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. You know, and it's funny. I don't often think about boundaries like that. I think about boundaries more of, like I said before, the mantra of I'm not saying no to you, I'm saying yes to me. Or I think of boundaries as like guidelines or rules even that I live my life by so that, and even deal breakers, so that when somebody comes into my life, I know that there's a filtration system they need to come through. And when you were talking about the boundaries being an internal job, that's how I have it. And it's almost like an alarm clock that goes off when there's bullshit around me. That's like walk away or definitely don't give this person your number, your information, because you don't really want to entertain any kind of a relationship with them or they're not aligned with my mission. So good on you in, in a loving way. I say that with all the due respect. It's just that I right now in my life have chosen to create strong boundaries because my time and my energy are very precious. And I believe growing strong boundaries and having guidelines for your life help you to be more organized, structured, and get you to where you want to be, whatever that looks like, so that you accomplish more. And at this stage in my life, that's really important. I mean, Michael and I are great friends, and I will share this, that what can happen in my life when I'm on the trajectory of success for me and what success looks like for me is a guy will come in, a relationship will come in, and it will distract me <laughs> because I don't <laughs> The effing boundary. She's telling the truth, folks. <laughs> yeah, well, I just set a boundary actually this weekend with somebody and I was like, I'm not doing that. Sorry, not participating. And that's the whole point is when you have your boundaries, you don't participate in the BS anymore. You smell it from a mile away. I do think there's a step-by-step -step system because it's not that you just decide like this, this, and this are my boundaries. You have to adopt them, grow into them, sort of feel them. And especially if it's an established relationship that you're already in, you're growing boundaries, it's important to communicate them and then let them see and figure out what that feels like for them so they can come back and say, that works for me, that doesn't work for me. Otherwise, the dynamic of the relationship could be compromised. What's interesting is when you first came on and you heard my example and then you said, actually, I never thought about it that way. And there was something that resonated. And then you explained your theory around boundaries. Now, what I'd like you to do is actually recognize 
that in your explanation, which was very good and very clear about how you form boundaries, that every time you form a boundary, you actually challenge your limits. hundred percent. And when you challenge those limits, it means those limits can go up or come back towards you. And that's what you did in the relationship. Whereas before you would extend and open. Now you've recognized, actually, my limit was set too high. I need to bring that back in. And we can even call those challenges. What we need to do is look at that and every time say, right, where's my limit here? What feels right? Where am I drawing this boundary and how does it affect my limits? And if you need to reestablish a new limit or you need to bring it back, you're doing so having made that connection to how you're actually feeling rather than going with something that just feels like what you should be doing. You start to reconnect innately to what feels right rather than I better go along with this. Well, and to speak to that, one of the things that has been such a beautiful and, you know, I mean, we're laughing and giggling about these things, but if we're both be honest, the number of situations that we've talked about personally in my life, what this has actually come back to is just how deeply, madly, and this isn't coming from an egocentric place, this is coming from a very healthy unconditional place of self-love yeah because i'm just not going to take just anything but it's funny because when you put that out there and you have that firm boundary all of a sudden it does get tested or challenged with all the moths coming to the flame well ultimately what you're saying there is that the ultimate test of what we're doing right now yeah. is and, and particularly in the realm of self-love is to make it boundaryless yes because when you know what you know about yourself and you know yourself so well and you know what you will take and you know what doesn't feel good when you know what's incoherent in your field or incongruent with your energy, that isn't loving. It's not loving. And it might not be the person. It just might be the timing, yeah. which we've talked about many times, Michael and I, on a personal level. Timing is important. And I know for myself, where I am in my career right now is the most important. And I will not let anything distract me from that. And so if you don't fit into the places where the boundaries are laid, then it's just not going to work. And that's absolutely fine with me. And if it's not fine with the other person, that's about the other person. Yeah. And I think what's important is that when we start talking about particularly the word boundaries, we are saying that generally, if you're going to establish them, then make sure they are boundaries. Because if you keep moving them regularly, then they were never a boundary in the first place. For a boundary to be moved, there has to be something significant to change it. So when we're talking about a big step change, not only your boundary changes, your limits do as well. So the two are interrelated. Like for me, when I spoke about my friend who announced to me that he was gay. That was a big step change because I had drawn a line before that. And that line completely shifted because I recognized that my friend was still my friend. He was still the same person. We still had the same quality interaction. And so therefore, from his actions, I was able to look at a whole community in a whole different way. Well, Amy, 
now it's your turn. And you mentioned before that we were going to share something um, about your mother. So knowing you the way that I know you, I know that there may be some challenges there because remember, your mother is the person who would have set your boundaries originally. And so now that you've grown into the person that you are and you have your own agency, well, at least we hope you do, that dynamic is fascinating and particularly in your story. So do you want to share? Yes. Thank you, Michael. And yeah, it's been a journey. My mom and I have gone through ups and downs and ins and outs and positive and negatives. And there's been years where we haven't spoken and then years where we're uh, very, very close. And it's all due to setting consistent boundaries. And because now for myself at the age of 42, these boundaries have been set very strongly from really when I was a teenager on both of our levels, but, you know, us having that clear communication and dialogue about what we need and the way that we want our relationship to look and to go and what that means in terms of those guidelines, we have almost created this malleable skeletal system because they are like bone in terms of how they are set in place. But now our relationship is so effortless. And I think I was telling you this story, you know, just a few months ago, I was thinking about what it would be like if I didn't have my mother, you know, and that spun from a, a dear friend of mine who lost um, a parent very suddenly, very quickly, and how difficult it is for her to just all of a sudden realize like that he's not there anymore. And I thought about that. And if that was my mother, like, what would I do? because she's the one who I can talk to. Why? Because I've created those boundaries and we've developed a relationship where we set a, a standard at the very beginning of the conversation. Like just the other day I called her and I said, mom, I've got five minutes, but I really need a bitch to you. I'm like, do you have availability to listen and hold the trash can <laughs> for me? I'm like, I got this thing. I need, I need to just get it out of me. And we have that opportunity now, but that's because we've had to create with lots of practice and lots of malleability, like you've got to be malleable. I think I just made that word up, but you do have to be malleable and flexible and able and adjusting to where the other person is and meet them there. Now, what's interesting about what you're saying, and I don't know if you've asked yourself this question, because the dynamic that you've revealed is a clash of boundary and identity, because a lot of your identity would have come from your mother in your formative years. And that identity takes you forward into life. Now you start to establish your boundaries. And sometimes your mother is the same person who gave you that identity, who is now starts to challenge it. And I kind of hear that and see that because of what you say, the need to just go back and connect with that person who was subliminally schooling you that you needed to hear that for yourself. Well, what's interesting about it is that you won't thank you for that perspective, but it never was like that before. I mean, this is a very new thing for me. And part of us being able to get to that space and that level is because we both trained each other to be able to have these really deep conversations. And to go into places, I mean, she and I have said some really, really deep and interesting things that could be really painful if the other person chose to hear it as 
a, a dig or even chose to be offended by it when it's really not about that. It's about the other person having the maturity and the availability to just listen to the fact that this is not about you. And I know we've said this in prior podcasts, but it, it's such a fucking important yeah. topic. And in our world today, that's part of the issue is that we take everything as if it is about us. And how dare we? You know, when I think in my relationship with my mother before, we both did that very selfishly. And we didn't afford ourselves an opportunity to really grow into the relationship and flourish into what it could be. And I don't fault her for all the ways that I might have been fucked up as a child, you know, as she doesn't fault me for all the ways that I might have fucked her up as her, me being her kid. And I think, again, then that would be about forgiveness. But going back to the boundaries, when you consistently set a bar and a standard, a guideline, a boundary, a limit, whatever you want to call it, when you put those fences up, it's important to understand that we don't go beyond that. And if we do, then we need to have a conversation about going beyond that. And once we've done that and asked permission, then we get to extend and grow those boundaries even more. And I do think it is about allowing boundaries to be felt and malleable. And I know with clients, I often would not say that <laughs> because in the beginning, when you finally set a boundary, it is such a powerful thing to be able to not allow that line to be crossed and to stand in your power and to hold true to your solidarity. But once you start to develop a mastery, then you get to flow and move, but you understand what line you cannot cross with yourself or mm -hmm. anyone else can't cross with you, mm -hmm. which gives you the affordability to be able to flow into new dynamics with other people. So do both of you feel like you're open books to each other? hundred percent. I talk to my mother about everything. In future podcasts, we are going to talk about some maybe taboo conversations like plant medicine journeys and shamanism and other practices. My mom listens to all of it. She's super open-minded. Now she's just fascinated by it. What it sounds like you've arrived at a place where that relationship has now become boundaryless. Well, that's a beautiful thing. Well, and, and that's the thing, isn't it? So we practice and practice and practice and we grow that muscle memory. And once we've grown that muscle memory, it's inherent and it continues to come back and continues to come back. So it then becomes invisible, if you will, like you say, boundaryless. It's almost like the invisible shield because you know you're safe. Mm -hmm. So why would you need a shield? So, and this is for our listeners. I think one of the things that we can say is that sometimes we establish boundaries that shouldn't have been there in the first place. And it's only through your growth that you recognize that they shouldn't have been there. But some people keep them erected anyway. And it can be a barrier to exploring, in this case, we're talking about relationships to the full, because we have established boundaries that we've never really questioned and questioned internally. And I'm sure you've seen this, Amy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So having gone through the journey with you and your mother, and you're in a good place now, what are the takeaways that we could share from your own experience? So first I would say clear, direct, conscious communication, 
saying what you feel right away and getting it off your chest and communicating your needs and even maybe why you need what what the feeling is that is important for you to have. And maybe even before that, when you start to feel some form of incongruency in your system, you feel fear, anxiety, worry, doubt, or your mind starts spinning that tape recorder and that negative response system in your mind over and over and over again, you recognize that there's something that needs to be healed or something that is unhealed. And you don't have to know what it is, but if you know that you feel uncomfortable or incongruent, then that's what you communicate about. Because sometimes we don't really know what we don't know, but if we know that and take ownership over the feeling that it brings us, then sometimes the words just begin to dance off of our tongue. So the the second thing I like to do is assume responsibility. And I do that by letting the other person know that I'm not always the best communicator. And I ask them what they heard me say. And I do that because I like to understand how they received the message. Sometimes when somebody responds back to you or repeats back to you what you said to them, it, the words are completely different or it had a different meaning. So it's really important that the two of you have an understanding and a dialogue around what it is that your needs are. And then the third point is really about taking the medicine. So what did you learn from the whole situation? And, and what did you learn about yourself? But what did you learn about the other person? And what did you learn about the interaction? What did you learn about your level of truth and communication? And how did that bring clarity to you and to your steps moving forward and in new relationships or new conversations. So Amy, thanks for sharing. But one last question, which is throughout the process, what did you learn about yourself? Gosh, I learned many things, but one of the most powerful is that when I hold a boundary, I'm standing in my power and that when I stand in my power, I've made a choice. And when I make a choice that is empowering to me and I can never be victimized or be a victim of any circumstance ever again, because I made the choice and I assume responsibility and I can move forward from that place. That's a great message. Thanks folks. You've been listening to Evolve Beyond Your Limits. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us on our next episode, where we'll be asking you to evolve beyond distractions. Who is Amy Elizabeth? Amy's formal background is in psychology and education, and over the past two decades, she has coupled this with multiple forms of energy medicine to assist her clients in identifying and living their highest evolution. She believes evolution is an everyday choice that we can all access, and her work focuses on assisting you to clear and create pathways to a fulfilling, majestic, and holistic spiritual existence. She utilizes ancient tools and rituals backed by scientific methods to achieve this. Having worked with high achievers, influencers, many decorated officers, professional athletes, business leaders and entrepreneurs, she has co-created a map to navigate living the life you were created to live in connectivity, joy and peace. 
Who is Michael Adams? Michael is a human behavior specialist who focuses on psychology and talking therapies. He is also an internationally respected marketing consultant, mentor, business growth strategist, and public speaker. In a professional career that spans over 40 years, he has practiced in the areas of elite professional sport, corporate business, public and private sector environments. In the past decade, his focus has been in the field of personal development, looking at improving individuals' dialogue with themselves in order to reach their full potential in life. He continues to develop new techniques that can be simply deployed by individuals in their everyday lives. 